Welcome to this sermon podcast from Myo Baptist Church, and thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that God's Word will be an encouragement to you and a reminder that the Bible has all the answers to living a successful and fulfilled life. Again, thanks for listening. We now join the service in progress. If you suffer from anxiety, my heart goes out to you. There are people that I have known and do know that suffer from anxiety, and you, you, you hate it. You hate it for them. And can I confess that this is an area in which, you know, we all have our battles. This is an area in which I've battled before. It really is. So this is a very personal message this morning. And the good news is there, there is help. And the best help you can find, I mean, and you can find help from doctors, from friends, and whatever. And, you know, there, there are things you can do, practical things, exercise, eat right, get good sleep, and, you know, you, you should do all the practical things. But the ultimate source of the very best help you can get is from God's Word, and that's what we're going to focus on. And the good news is this morning is God's Word isn't silent on this. You know, God knows us. He made us. And he knows some, uh, some people have, I guess, personality traits or things that have happened in their life that might make them prone to being anxious or being filled with anxiety. And it's not fun. It, 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 is, it is not fun at all. Uh, everybody that I've ever known that has dealt with anxiety wished they didn't. And the good news is this morning, it can be defeated. So we're calling this anxiety, defeating the enemy within. And that's what's so personal about it. You know, people can do you harm. People can create problems for you. You know, things can happen, situations happen, circumstances happen. This is an internal battle. This is a very personal battle that people face. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, I want to introduce you to a man that uh, no doubt suffered from anxiety. And I guess you might say in his case, for good reason. In Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse number 1. And it came to pass after this also that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon, those are the bad guys, and with the other beside the Ammonites, came against Jehoshaphat. He's the good guy to battle. So you got all of these forces arraying themselves, all the bad guys are teaming up to do battle against the good guy, Jehoshaphat. Then there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, there cometh a great multitude against thee. This is a bad day. You know, you ever have a bad day? It's a bad day when somebody comes and tells you, you know, armies are coming against you. There cometh a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea on the side Syria. And behold, they be in Hazatantamar, which is in Gedi. And look at Jehoshaphat's response. He's a man of God. He's a leader. But his first response, he feared. He feared. And I think that we can conclude that that would come under the category of anxiety. Anxiety, fear. Those words really are interchangeable. Here we have this leader. 
This man that had everything at his disposal that a man could have, all the resources that a man could have in that day and age as king of Judah, gets word that these massive armies, multiple massive armies, are arrayed against him. He wasn't nonchalant. He didn't say, no big deal. He didn't say, got this. Don't bother me with that. We'll take care of those guys. The emotion of fear overtook him. Some of you have gotten information, messages, phone calls, where you feel it. You, you have a physical response. You know, like you're, the bottom falls out of your stomach. Your stomach is in, in knots. Again, anxiety. And I think it can be said of Jehoshaphat right here in this story that he was filled with anxiety. And certainly we can understand that because understand there's no 911 for him to call. You know, it'd be like a bunch of hell's angels surrounding your house. You know, they've, there's no way that you can call for help and you have to deal with them. And there's 50 of them and one of you. And they're all ugly and mean and intent on doing you harm. How would you feel? Perhaps, more likely, you'd feel like you had anxiety. And that's the situation that Jehoshaphat found himself in. Now, more about Jehoshaphat later. Let's put him on hold. Perhaps you, like Jehoshaphat, are facing a serious problem. Or it could be multiple serious problems right now. And you've had that emotional, physical response where your, your, your stomach is just in knots or it just feels like, again, like, like the bottom drops out and, and you're filled with fear and you're filled with anxiety. It, it can happen for a number of reasons. Filled with anxiety about your health if you've gotten a recent bad health report. Filled with anxiety about your marriage if your marriage is going through some problems. You can be filled with anxiety about your finances if there aren't enough, not enough money to pay the bills each month. You can feel, you be filled with anxiety concerning your children, especially if you have a child or children that are wayward and not serving the Lord and they're making all the wrong decisions. You can be filled with anxiety about that. You can be filled with anxiety about our nation. And it seems as if the heightened conflict and turmoil that's going on in our land. There's a number of reasons why someone might be filled with anxiety. And you don't like the fact that you are filled with anxiety. It's not something that we necessarily choose. That's why I say it's, kind of, it's a battle within. It just, it just surfaces. It's, it's like it's lying there dormant, <coughs> excuse me, just waiting for the bad news. And then it, there it goes. It, it explodes. And what sometimes make it, what makes it worse is for a Christian, a Christian knows that you're not supposed to be filled with anxiety, and guess what? Then you got double anxiety. Because you got anxiety about the problem, and then you got anxiety about the fact that you have anxiety, and you know you're not supposed to have anxiety. So then, you know, it's just snowballing. And that gives you greater anxiety. But there is good news. And again, this is one of the reasons you want to be in church all the time. Because God's going to have something good for you from his word when you come this morning, this afternoon, or Wednesday. This morning we're talking about anxiety. 
I think one of the best places you can turn in Scripture to get good information about how you can defeat anxiety is Philippians chapter 4, verse number 6. And Philippians chapter 4, verse number 6 says this. Be careful for nothing. Now, that's talking about anxiety. More about that in just a second. We'll show that to you. So the, the, the topic of, of these two verses is anxiety. Be careful for nothing. Don't worry. Don't be filled with fear. Don't be filled with anxiety. But in everything, by prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, three components there that we'll look at in a second, let your requests be made known unto God. And here it is. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. I know you. And any of you that might suffer from anxiety, you would say, Pastor, I would love not to suffer from that. I would love to experience this kind of peace. I I, I know that I should. I know that I ought to. And more than anything in the world, I want to. What it's talking about right here, the peace of God that passeth all understanding. In other words, you can't figure it out how you went from being an anxious person to a peaceful person. You can't figure it out. All you can tell people is, I used to worry. I used to fret. I'm not there now. God did it. Let's pray. Dear Lord, as we open your word this morning, Lord, my heart does go out to those who suffer. Lord, it's tormenting to be filled with anxiety, especially for us Christians who know that really we shouldn't. So, Lord, I pray that today and over the next couple of weeks would be time spent in your word that will give us victory and will give us peace, the peace that passeth understanding. We might not be able to figure it out. We might not be able to explain it but for you. Lord, meet with us now. Bless us now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Philippians 4, 6 is talking about anxiety, fear, worry, however you want to phrase it, when it says, be careful for nothing. Let's look at what the theologians tell us about that phrase, be careful for nothing, because I want you to know that we are talking about anxiety this morning. Here's what Albert Barnes, he's one of my favorite uh, theological commentators, says about it concerning that phrase, be careful for nothing. He says this, this, that is, be not anxious or solicitous, which is fearful, about the things of the present life. That's what that phrase means. That's what the Lord is talking about. The word used here does not mean that we are to exercise no care about worldly matters. And I I think he's given us the right perspective there. God doesn't want us to be flippant. He doesn't want us to be nonchalant. He doesn't want us to be oblivious to the problems around us. That's what he's saying here. The word used here does not mean that we are to exercise no care about worldly matters. No care to preserve our property or to provide for our families. But that there is to be such confidence in God as to be free, as to free the mind from anxiety. And such a sense of dependence on him as to keep it calm. The biblical illustrator puts it this way. Be careful for nothing means to be not full of care. 
It does not mean be indifferent to the concerns of life, you know, checking out, not caring, but be not anxious. The Lord is at hand. He will provide. There is nothing in God, in ourselves, in the world, or in Satan that we need be careful for. And then the pulpit commentary, again, on that same phrase, Philippians 4, 6, be careful for nothing. Rather, in nothing be anxious. Paul does not wish his converts to be careless, but to be free from that over-anxiety about worldly things which might distract their thoughts from the service of God and hinder their growth in, excuse me, holiness. Paul, in these verses, in Philippians chapter 4, is dealing with anxiety. Anxiety is a real problem. It's a real problem for a lot of people. I did my homework. Let me share share with you what I've learned. Anxiety disorders affect 18.1% of adults in the United States, approximately 40 million adults between the ages of 18 to 54. And I guarantee you, not that I necessarily know, but I guarantee you this room has probably got a good many folks in it that deal with this very problem. It's, it's a pervasive problem. Next, obsessive-compulsive disorders, post-traumatic stress disorders are closely related to anxiety disorders, which some may experience at the same time along with depression. It all kind of runs in the same genre. Listen to this. Women are twice as likely to be affected as men and typically begins in childhood. The median age of onset is seven. Lots of people that suffer from anxiety can trace it back to their childhood. And that I know to be true. Goes on to say, anxiety disorders may cause loss of appetite. It affects you. This is where, you know, there's one thing to have care and concern and take precautions. But when it starts affecting you emotionally and physically, then then you've gone from the area of care and concern to anxiety. You, you, You cross a line there where it starts tearing you down from within. And the Lord knows that. He wants us to show care and concern. I mean, there were times when the Lord wept. He he showed care and concern, but the Lord was never filled with anxiety, that that hopelessness, that that fear. Because when that takes over, it can affect you bodily. Anxiety disorder may cause loss of appetite, lack of interest in physical intimacy. Other symptoms include muscle tension, headaches, and insomnia. Frequent panic attacks can cause you to fear the anxiety attacks themselves, thereby increasing overall anxiety. Again, sometimes it just snowballs. The constant state of stress can lead to clinical depression. You see, it's a a downward spiral that does not land in a good place. I found these two paragraphs from information on the Mayo Clinic website says, experiencing occasional anxiety is a normal part of life, occasional. However, people with anxiety disorders frequently have intense, excessive, and persistent worry and fear about everyday situations. Often, anxiety disorders involve repeated episodes of sudden feelings of intense anxiety and fear or even terror that reach a peak within 
minutes, and it can come on just like that. They go on to say, these feelings of anxiety and panic interfere with daily activities, are difficult to control, are out of proportion to the actual danger. And I think that's key. It's just out of proportion. You're going way over the top worrying about something that really doesn't warrant anywhere near the response that you're showing. You may avoid places or situations to prevent these feelings. Symptoms may start during childhood or the teen years and continue into adulthood. But again, the good news this morning is the Bible isn't silent on this. And folks, I have complete trust, faith, and confidence in this book. Over anything you might tell me or anything anybody else might tell me, this is the ultimate authority. And what this book says about um, how we should handle anxiety, I am thankful to God for it and want to put it into practice in my life, and you need to put it into practice in your life. Again, let's look at that verse, Philippians 4, or two verses. verses four, uh, Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. Be careful for nothing. Now, we know what that means. That's talking about anxiety. Most all Bible theologians agree that that is the topic, anxiety. Be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And again, this doesn't mean that we're to live a carefree life, oblivious to problems and concerns. We need to have an awareness of our problems. We need to take action to deal with our problems. But we do not need to fall into the trap of anxiety. I love what Warren Wearsby says about a worry-free life. He says, worry is the greatest thief of joy. It is not enough for us, however, to tell ourselves to quit worrying, because that will never capture the thief. Worry is an inside job, and it takes more than good intentions to get the victory. It takes more than good intentions. Well, what does it take? Well, the Bible tells us this morning that one of the main things it takes is prayer. But not just any prayer. Paul gives the, the Philippians a formula for prayer uh, dealing with anxiety. Be careful for nothing. And then it says, in the peace of God which passeth all understanding. But if you look at what he says in those verses, he mentions three different things. So here, here's key number one to getting victory over worry, fear, and anxiety. It's praying. But it's praying with a certain formula. Because we're going to examine verse number six. And he says to pray, but he gives us the ingredients that need to be in that prayer. And if you want to have victory over anxiety, you need to start praying, but you need to pray a prayer that would include adoration, according to the verse, supplication, which means asking for something, and appreciation. Let's look at them real quick. Adoration is praising God for all his greatness. Look at what he says in that verse. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer. Okay. Now, normally you say, well, wait a minute, is that adoration? That's one of the things that the word prayer means. Wearsby says it this way, talking about that word in that verse. The word prayer is the general word for making requests known to the Lord. It carries the idea of adoration, devotion, worship. Adoration is what is needed. We must see the greatness and the majesty of God. We must realize that he is big enough to solve our problems. So when you pray, if you want to get victory over anxiety, when you pray, you start with adoration. You praise God 
for his greatness, for his goodness. And folks, we could go on forever with all the things that we can praise God for. His love, his patience, his kindness, the, the, the fact that he is all-powerful, he, he's, he's all-knowing. I mean, you spend a few minutes praising God and, and adoring God, that is going to help bring on a peace when you start realizing, wait a minute, what am, I, what am I fretting about? I started praying and thinking how God knows everything. There's nothing God can't do. God spoke the worlds into being. God got victory through his son over death, hell, and the grave. You know, you start praying like that, and you start, you start getting this calm. So the problem I'm facing, it's not too big for him. So when you pray, which is key to getting victory over anxiety, there needs to be, number one, adoration, and then number two, supplication, which is asking God for victory over anxiety. He says, be careful for nothing. Don't worry. Don't be filled with anxiety, but everything by prayer, okay, that's just another word for adoration, expressing your adoration to God, and supplication. Wearsby says there, the second is supplication, an earnest sharing of our needs and problems. Tell the Lord you got a problem. Tell the Lord that you worry way too much, that you're way too fearful, and ask for his help. You know, it's quite all right to say, Lord, I got a problem, and I, this isn't fun. And I, I, Lord, I just feel like I go beyond care and concern to worry and I don't eat and I don't go to church and I just want to just crawl in bed and die. You know, you tell the Lord that. Again, that is part of the key. He says that. Be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer, adoration, and supplication. But then there's a third component. Appreciation. If you want to get victory over anxiety... When you pray, you start with adoration, ascribing to God all the truths of the greatness about him, and then acknowledging, Lord, I got a problem I need your help with, and then expressing your appreciation to him. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer, adoration, and supplication, and thanksgiving, which is appreciation, let your requests be made known unto God. After adoration and supplication comes appreciation, giving thanks to God. Certainly the Father enjoys hearing his children say thank you. When you express your appreciation to God, what you're doing is, you know, Lord, thank you for saving me. Boy, that's a pretty big deal. Uh, Lord, thank you for your word. That's a pretty big deal. Lord, thank you for the Holy Spirit. That's a pretty big deal. Lord, thank you for what you've done through history. Thank you for giving me victory. And then you start realizing, you know, through your, your thanksgiving or your appreciation, you start realizing what God has done in the past and what he can do for you in the future. So one of the primary keys for those that suffer from anxiety to get victory is to pray. But praying a prayer according to this very simple formula, adoration, supplication, and appreciation. And when you pray, you use that formula to guide your prayers. Now, back to Jehoshaphat. When we left him, he gets word that his enemies are all about him. And they are great in number, and they intend on killing them all and taking everything they have. His nation is very seriously threatened. He's experiencing fear, anxiety, and worry. And do you know how he handled it? 
he prayed. And I think it's amazing. He prayed this prayer over 400 years before Philippians was written. And this prayer has all the same components that are taught in Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 6. In his prayer, you will find clearly adoration, supplication, and appreciation. Not necessarily in that order, and I don't know that the order is significant necessarily anyway. Look at what Jehoshaphat prayed. Okay, he just got word, he, that, and, and we say that the enemy's coming, and he's fearful. He's got that, the bottom fell out of his stomach. I think most people know what I'm talking about. Probably everybody's experienced that once in a while. And, and look at what he does. Second Chronicles 26, he prays, he's praying, and said, O Lord God, our fathers, art thou not God in heaven? Adoration, folks. And rulest not thou over all the kingdoms of the heathen? Adoration. That is ascribing greatness to God. And in thine hand is there not power and might, so that none is able to withstand thee? Here he is, no doubt, facing great anxiety, and he handles it properly. He prays, and he handles the prayer properly by starting with adoration. And then, in this case, he goes to appreciation. In verse number 6, he expresses his appreciation. Art not thou our God who didst, talking about victories in the past, appreciation, who didst drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel and gavest it to the seed of Abraham thy friend forever? And they dwelt therein and have built thee a sanctuary therein for thy name. He starts out with adoration. You are the great God. You're filled with power and might and you rule. And now he's talking about thou didst drive out the inhabitants of the land. That's expressing his appreciation for what God has done. And then comes the supplication. Here's the need, Lord. Verse number 9. If when evil cometh upon us as the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we stand before this thy house in thy presence, for thy name is in this house, and cry unto thee in our affliction, then thou wilt hear and help. He says, we are afflicted, and we're crying unto you. Jehoshaphat, the Bible tells us, clearly was overcome with fear. And he models for us what we should do when we are overcome with fear or worry or anxiety. We should pray. But yes, we should also pray using, if you will, the formula outlined in Philippians and as demonstrated 400 years earlier by Jehoshaphat. And look what happened. Let's wrap this up. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse number 24. And when Judah came toward the watchtower in the wilderness, they looked unto the multitude, and behold, they were dead bodies fallen on the earth, and none escaped. What happened was, these enemies turned on themselves before they ever attacked Jehoshaphat. They turned on themselves. God did it. God gave victory. And sometimes we don't... What's he going to do? No use praying, Jehoshaphat. We're outnumbered. I don't know, 10 to 1. You know, and they're mean, and they're ugly, and they're big, and they're coming after us. What can we do? And you think, you know, how's the Lord going to deal with this thing? You know, and then you realize, 
Well, no, you can't defeat them, but God can figure out a way, and he did. He turned them on each other. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoil of them, they found among them in abundance both riches with the dead bodies and precious jewels, and they stripped off for themselves more than they could carry away. And they were three days in gathering of the spoil. All they had to do was go out. I mean, these guys are all in there dead. You know, and all the stuff that they had is no use to them. They said, well, we'll just go take it and bring it back to our camp. He goes from fear to victory. Verse number 26, and on the fourth day they assembled themselves in the valley of Baraka. For, they, uh, for there they blessed the Lord, and therefore the name of the same place was called the Valley of Baraka unto this day. Then they returned every man of Judah and Jerusalem and Jehoshaphat in the forefront of them to go again unto Jerusalem now with joy. He goes from fear to joy. For the Lord had made them to rejoice over their enemies. We learned today in lesson number one about anxiety. The starting point for dealing with anxiety is prayer. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. See the formula there? And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Our prayer as it relates to anxiety should deal with, should include adoration, supplication, and appreciation. Charles Spurgeon, the preacher in London back in the late 1800s, pastored people just like I'm pastoring people today with the same issues. He taught his people about anxiety. And he used this illustration. We'll conclude with this. This is what Spurgeon said to his congregation about anxiety. He said, cast your troubles where you have cast your sins. You have cast your sins into the depth of the sea. There cast your troubles also. Never keep a trouble half an hour on your own mind before you tell it to God. In other words, pray. As soon as the trouble comes, quick, the first thing, tell it to your father. Remember that the longer you take telling your trouble to God, the more your peace will be impaired. And then he used this illustration. The longer the frost lasts, the more thick the ponds will be frozen. Your frost will last till you go to the sun. And when you go to God, the sun. Then your frost will soon become a thaw. And your troubles will melt away. But do not be long, because the longer you are in waiting, the longer you will, your trouble will be in thawing afterwards. He encouraged his people, go to the Lord in prayer. The longer you delay, the greater the problem becomes. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer, adoration, supplication, And with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. God, I need peace. Until this is worked out, Lord, don't let me fret. Don't let me worry. Don't let it affect how I eat or that I don't eat or that I'm irritable around family and friends or that I feel like I can't function anymore. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that the service was a blessing to you 
and that you were encouraged by God's Word. If you have any questions about Baptist Church, please contact us anytime. You can find contact information on our website at myobaptistchurch.com. Thanks for listening.